Well, right off the top of the show today, talking some Baylor men's tennis. Love doing this. We uh, it's, we're going to kind of hit the ground running today here in uh, in here in a little bit. We've got uh, Ian Rappaport, the uh, you know him from NFL Network, their top information man. But first, we talk tennis, and we do it with Michael Woodson, Baylor's uh, head men's coach. I'm ready to take that interim tag off, uh, but we may just do that right now in this interview. Coach Woodson, uh, congratulations. Another. We never get tired of these things. You know, the the women do it like every year in basketball. You guys have had a long run of success in tennis. It never gets old, though. Uh, 14th, 14th Big 12 title for men's tennis. Congratulations, sir. I appreciate it. Super proud of the guys, and, and you're right. It never gets old. Yeah, and uh, what an interesting time. The Big 12 is really stacked. You guys are, I think, ranked in there at number three. You go up there to Fort Worth, take care of TCU. But uh, between TCU, Baylor, Texas, I mean, Michael, you've seen this thing stacked up before, and I don't know if this is due to the COVID or whatever has happened. Is this about, in terms of parity, is this about as close as you can remember it? Obviously, there was a three-way tie, so it's close. But I'm talking about just talent level across the conference. Is this about as sort of close as you ever remember it? I, I do. I believe it's, it, you know, it's one of the strong. I mean, to me, it's the strongest conference in the country. You know, you can look at the rankings, but also just because there there's no match off. Um, you know, though we, uh, we were all able to get through Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, and Texas Tech in the regular season. I mean, those teams are all ranked in the top 25. Uh, and so, you know, it's, they're difficult places to play, and, and really every match is a, is a battle. Uh, and so you have to be ready to go. And, and with the extra year of eligibility, a lot of, of graduate transfers and, and older guys on teams, I just feel like the quality of the tennis is, is so high this year, you know, across the country, especially in the Big 12. All right. And, uh, and, and boy, your, your team – uh, has a lot of great personalities. Um, I, Franson comes to mind. Soto, I'm like, I'm inspired. He's got like quotes. I was looking at this on social media. Matthias Soto, uh, and, and I mean these these you've got some really inspirational uh, players. What 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 came? Let's talk about this title though. What about this team stands out to you, Michael? Each team takes on its own personality. Um, you know, you, you had the opportunity to have some folks come back. I mean, the COVID really created some interesting opportunities. You were playing great when y'all had to pause. What, what, what stands out about this particular team? Yeah, I, I think, you know, for us, it's, it's about the, the older guys that have come in, uh, along with the, the older guys that have returned on our team and just the, the maturity, um, you know, the professionalism, the leadership that we have uh, with this group. You know, it's a lot of, like you said, it's a lot of different personalities, but it's a very inspirational group, and they've come together, uh, you know, and, and credit to them to, to achieve these uh, amazing goals. And it's been, a, it's been a strange year, and obviously we're all in different roles. And, uh, you know, with, with COVID and then with the coaching change, I, I think these guys could have, uh, you know, thrown up their hands and, and made a lot of excuses, but they all, you know, they've all come in with great attitudes and, and worked together, you know, to accomplish something uh, that's, you know, for, for something bigger than themselves, which I'm really impressed by. And, uh, you know, for the staff and everybody that's around these guys day in and day out, it's truly inspirational for us. And uh, it's just an amazing group. So we're, we're enjoying every day. Talking to Michael Woodson, coach of the uh, men's tennis program, just won the Big 12. 
Michael, do you feel like we should at Baylor just hire guys that come from Valpo, any sort of Valpo background? Is that really the way we should go after seeing uh, Scott Drew and the Bears win a national title? I mean, anytime you can compare me to a Drew, I'll take it as a, a huge compliment. <laughs> uh, you know, I have a great relationship with with Homer and and his and his boys. Obviously, Scott, uh, you know, was a was a tennis player growing up himself. Bryce was also a good tennis player. So, uh, you know, I think that the, the Valpo tennis connection is strong. Um, you know, but uh, certainly appreciative of, of the comparison, and and you know, Valpo will always hold a special place in our hearts. So. Um, you know, super happy to be here at Baylor, and, and it is pretty cool that, that what they were able to accomplish. All right, uh, talking to Michael Woodson, uh, and uh, that is cool. The, the parade and everything was 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 so much fun. Let's talk about some of your players, though. Soto, highly ranked guys. You guys have some. I mean, it seems like doubles. Y'all, your guys just have a, a great chemistry together and all. But w- when you kind of assess the strengths of, of your team, I mean, Franson is a guy, when I kind of look, he stands out a lot. Who, who are the wh- – where does the, the vocal leadership come from on this team? Who are the guys that everybody, you know, during a match, at that key moment when you needed to turn in your favor, who is who – is there, is there one or two particular players that stand above the rest? I think Connie and uh, Connie Fronson and Finn Bass really lead the energy uh, on the court in the doubles. Um, you know, they're they're not. Uh, you know, there's a lot of obviously every guy on the court can can really play, but those are our vocal leaders. Um, you know, when it comes to the doubles point, and then when we get into singles, honestly, um, you know, it, it moves around um, depending you know on the match. But I, I would say everybody kind of looks to Adrian Boyton as as the the leader of this team. Um, you know, both playing in the number one spot, but also with his energy. Um, you know, and and his uh, kind of vocal ability out there. You know, I mean, he really draws a lot of attention. Uh, you know, and, and Ryan Dickerson. I mean, has been an amazing leader for us. You know, our team goes as, as his energy goes, and we have a lot of guys that don't necessarily make a ton of noise, uh, and they just put their heads down and play. Uh, you know, and, and those would be the older guys in uh, Spencer, Charlie, and Nick uh, at, at kind of in the middle to the bottom of the lineup. I mean, those are guys that they don't necessarily say a lot, but, uh, you know, they they do a lot of talking with their with their game. Years ago, I would go down there to the Baylor's uh, Tennis Center, the Herd uh, Tennis Center, and see some of these things. And I was I was always blown away, uh, Michael, by some of the energy. Like I remember a Texas A and M match against somebody back in two thousand, whatever, ninety nine, two thousand, somewhere around then. And and there are individual players who just pump up the crowd and like almost feed off the crowd. And it's just funny because tennis, a game we're all trained to be so quiet, can take on kind of a life of its own when, when, when people are sort of feeding off the players and that kind of thing. Tell us what we can uh, – what, what kind of crowd uh, can we have at uh, it's Sunday 4 o'clock. Uh, 4 o'clock is when that uh, uh, the Big 12 tournament gets going. They're at the Herd Center. What, uh, what percentage crowd can show up out there? Because I know it's always fun when you, get the, uh, when you get the crowd behind you, especially when you're hosting this thing. Of course, no. We're we're super excited to host uh, this year, and and I know a lot of a lot of hard work's gone into to preparing everything and and giving us an opportunity to compete in a safe safe manner. So a lot of credit to 
to Baylor and our administration, the Big 12, for, for doing this. So we're going to play Sunday at 4 uh, against the winner of TCU in Oklahoma. So it's going to be a heck of a match. Uh, you know, and, and outside, it's 50% capacity. Uh, so, you know, we're really expecting a great crowd on, on Sunday. The weather should be fantastic, and it's going to be a really, really good match. Uh, so our guys are, you know, always fired up to play outside at home and uh, to really get a good crowd out here. I think it'll, it'll be special. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. I mean, you can make a difference. As a crowd, you can make a difference uh, in the matches, and the guys really feed off of that energy. All right, I, don't want to, I don't want to get too far ahead, but remind me, where's the Final Four this year? I'm all <laughs> – I'm already dreaming a little bit about this. <laughs> the is in Orlando this okay. year. Okay. All right. So we plan our Disney World trips around that. Uh, talking to uh, Michael Woodson, Baylor men's tennis coach, uh, on the Matt Mosley Show with Stephen Simcox. Stephen, go ahead. Coach, I know your team has been battle-tested. You talked about the Big 12 being stacked. I mean, does the mentality change at all when, when tournament play and postseason play get started? Do you try to keep things as normal as possible? How do you kind of balance – um, making sure that the guys are relaxed and play well, but also understanding the, the magnitude of the, of the matches coming up. Yeah, I think for us, we're, we've played, we've been fortunate enough to play in some really big matches. I mean, Sunday was, was one of them, obviously making it to the finals, the national indoors. We played several really important matches there and with a kind of losing go home mentality, uh, you know, that, that always helps us. But for us, we're just trying to play with a lot of gratitude for the opportunity to be together and to have an opportunity to compete with, you know, so much going on around around the world right now. And, and so many, you know, if they were, a lot of these guys, if they were at home, they wouldn't be able to play. Um, and so we're, we're making the most of, of every single match and, and trying to enjoy it, you know, playing courageous, you know, being proactive out there, going for it. And, um, you know, we'll just kind of live with the result. Uh, so, yeah, it's, you know, we try to make it business as usual, try to remain, you know, very developmental in the process and uh, just enjoy it when we do go out there and compete together. Michael, did you did you have to um, change your? I mean, you don't want to change who you are. These kids will pick up on that quickly. But did, when you became the uh, head coach um, and had to take over, and it kind of a strange how that all went down. Um, did, did you have to change your approach? Are you a lot more vocal, or are you? Uh, it, you know, how how much did you have to kind of change? the way you went about your business because obviously there had to be changes because you're the head man, you're making all the choices and all that kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, I uh, certainly am, am more vocal now. I have to, you know, uh, address the team in, in a different role right now. And I think we all shift into, into slightly different positions, but very much want to remain who I am as, as a person, as a leader, as a coach, as a mentor, uh, you know, and, and so I've, I've tried to be who I am, um, you know, every single day and, and kind of live with that and, and then grow, grow into the position. Um, you know, I've had some opportunities in the past to kind of be in this situation, um, you know, for, for short term and, uh, you know, for, for little moments and, so, you know, I've kind of been preparing myself for this for, for years now, um, you know, and, and now just kind of living it out. And, uh, you know, the guys have, have handled it so well with, with great maturity and, and positivity and I'm obviously surrounded by an incredible staff that has lifted me up. So, um, you know, with the people that we have around, it, it makes my job really easy. Michael, can you, you're still a, a really young guy. You're like 30 or 31 years old. Can you, could you go out and beat one of your players? I know you're capable of hitting with them, but you had a nice college career. Are you on, on the right day? Could you still kind of amp it up and take one of your guys down? Do they ever challenge you, or do you try to stay out of that uh, 
you try to stay uh, off the court. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely not going to mix it up with the, with the guys. Um, you know, they uh, fortunately for me, I, my staff is way way better than I am at tennis. Uh, and so, you know, with, with our assistant, Isaac Vondermergel was top 100 in the world and, and he can absolutely go out there and take some guys down and, and George Goldhoff being, you know, a standout top player for Texas, uh, not, you know, just a few years ago, uh, those guys are the ones that hit, hit day in and day out. And, and so I don't know if it's fortunate or unfortunate for our guys, but I don't play as much anymore. Um, you know, so, uh, you know, it's fun for me to go out and hit, but I'm certainly not going to expose myself to what going on out there right now okay all right well listen we're 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 very excited for you uh and uh I, you know i've been known to bandwagon things if you guys uh as you keep advancing uh you know i'll i'll be i'll be kind of you know trying to jump on the bandwagon but we've really enjoyed kind of watching your progress all season so coach thanks uh, uh congratulations on the big 12 title and uh continued success sir we really appreciate it. Thank you for the coverage, and we appreciate the support as always. You bet. Uh, Michael Woodson, there he goes. Baylor uh, men's tennis coach. Good guy. Has taken over a couple times. Uh, it's not easy. That's not easy, and has guided the program extremely well, and, and, and at this point I think has to be considered. Uh, they've done well enough under him, and he'll continue to recruit and do his thing, but uh, has to be considered uh, as uh, as possibly the permanent man moving forward, done a great job with this program. So we uh, we're we're quickly uh, going to turn to the NFL here in a moment, and we're going to get my old buddy Ian Rappaport on and uh, NFL Network Insider. You know him from his at Rap Sheet, and uh, so anyway, always fun to have him on. So we'll just go straight into some NFL talk. He had some big news on Justin Fields yesterday, and uh, he's just always breaking news, and we'll get him on here in a second. Um, but it's just going to be interesting to see with this report yesterday of Justin Fields and the uh, has epilepsy. That is really uh, what, a, what a tough thing, but I thought it was really interesting that other NFL players have jumped in and said, hey, he can do this. Alan Fanica, who's in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, said that. So, uh, and I think he's had epilepsy and dealt with it, so I think it's um, I think it's fascinating to watch how all this plays out. Let's see what let's see what our man Rap Sheet has to say about it uh, today. Uh, wow. Well, today he's 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 commenting on the hair of Zach Wilson. It looks like so he's always on. They just have him on a TV set permanently, and. Um, this, I mean, there's a lot of interesting stuff out there. And he and uh, Palacero and uh, Daniel Jeremiah, who's on with us a lot, do such a great job. And then also, by the way, happening right now, Tony Romo out there playing on the Corn Ferry, uh, on the Corn Ferry Tour in a trying to play a little professional golf. And, uh, oh, good, we've got Ian. I was just filling until we had Ian Rappaport. Ian, welcome to the Matt Mosley Show, and uh, and thanks for uh, it's a very busy time. I know you're having to keep up with his Tony Romo's Romo. Uh, his his you know he's on the Corn Ferry tour today. All sorts of stuff going on. Uh, great to have you, buddy. What's going on? How are you, man? It's good to good to be with you. I've uh, I've I'm I was very nervous, like a lot of people, when you got into your uh, accident a couple months ago. I, I was. I was hoping like hell, uh, and I'm very glad that you are okay, my friend. 
I know. Uh, no, I'm still myself, which is is great. I know is um, I don't know if that's great news to uh, everyone, but I made it. Well, it could go uh, either way. Sure. I know, I know, but I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I, it was a, it was a crazy time, and you were quick to check on me. I kept a long list. Who, who checked on me? And Ian, you were right there at the top. You and were right and there. what about the guys who didn't? Yeah, I'm, I don't mention them. I don't mention them. I keep that very private. I hold it close to my heart, though, my dark heart. No, no. You always yep. focus. Try to focus on all the positivity. So anybody who didn't reach out, we won't. Uh, we won't mention their name, but man, I I love seeing you on the NFL Network. You and Garofolo, uh, you're. I mean, are you? Do you ever step away? Like right now, are you on the TV set? Are you in makeup as you talk to us uh, at this uh, very moment? Yeah, I mean, I missed your first call because I was literally talking, and I answered your second call, uh, and then didn't say anything for 15 seconds while I waited myself for myself to get off the air. Uh, it never stops. It's always <laughs> kind of a juggling act, but you know, that's kind of why we like it. I like it, and uh, we're getting closer and closer. Uh, and and this your your report yesterday on Justin Fields, man, that thing that thing caught like wildfire. And then I thought you did some really good reporting in in kind of laying that out. Okay, this is what it is. He may be able to grow out of this. Uh, as a guy who had to encounter spine surgeons and brain surgeons and all that kind of recent, all that stuff recently, this is it can be scary. Those seizures, epilepsy. I, I yeah. you know what did teams. You were hearing this, and, and you, when teams started to hear about this, and they made them aware, what do you what do you think was that initial? I, I guess when you hear that, uh, Ian, everybody kind of reaches out to their medical folks. Hey, guys, what does this mean? Yeah. My initial thought was, man, for epilepsy, uh, getting hits to the head and these collisions that can't be great for something like that, but. You did, you did, you know, additional reporting talked about how guys sort of and people in his own family have grown out of this. Do you think this impacts where he gets taken in this draft, or is this just more information that teams need to process? I think it's more information that teams need to process. And, you know, I haven't had anyone tell me that he's off the board, that they're not going to take him. I think it's more just something they need to be aware of, they need to make sure he has a plan, you to make sure, um, you know, he's taking his medicine, which he is. And, yeah, I mean, there is certainly a possibility that he goes out of it. His family members, several family members have. And that's why, you know, this became public yesterday. It was kind of a big deal. For Fields, I think it was not a big deal because he's lived with it. And I don't really get the sense it's been a secret. It's just been one of those things that is not really talked about publicly. Um, you know, to me, it's sort of like everything gets out draft-wise. So, we're going to put it out. You got to make sure that everyone's on board with it. You got to make sure to have all the facts, all the background. And I think that's what we did. Um, teams are looking into it, but I haven't had anyone say, you know, this is alarming enough to where we wouldn't take him. Yeah, I just find it fascinating, uh, you know, the things that people sort of overcome. Because, listen, he was already a lightning rod, and we've got back and forth. Isn't it? amazing you know you got one crew say well he can't get to his second read and then somebody comes back and says no 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 he gets to his second read mac jones has trouble getting to his second read i mean this is that time of year where it's like we we start hearing all these different narratives and it's it's sort of hard to i mean i think that's part of what you have to deal with and what i've been working you know having to deal with for a long time is especially covering the cowboys i mean they are a misinformation they're specialists at it 
And I mean, I you know, I, I I once had the right guy like Tyron Smith and backed off of it like the day before. I was like, because they were I was too hot, you know. And they're like, no, 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 we don't like him. We don't want Tyron Smith. Well, I backed off of it. So you you have to you have to cut through a lot of stuff this time of year. Yeah, and I think what what I hope helps people, you know, be honest with me as much as they can. And you know, I'm not going to pretend that I'm a you know truth serum over here because it is draft time and there's a lot of misinformation, but. What I've found is it's more misinformation by not mentioning something than it is misinformation by straight up lying. You know, like we'll see. I mean, I take great notes every year. We'll see who lies to me. There's one which I'm not going to mention now, but there's one where I have a team tell me we think this guy is terrible, and a lot of people think they're a team that could trade up for for someone. And I'm prepared to go on NFL Network on draft night and say. Let's see who lied to me because that I think is going to be that I think is going to be really really interesting. Uh, where you talked about the Tyron Smith thing, you can kind of talk yourself in and out of something. Like I was convinced mm-hmm. it's Mac Jones at three, then I was like, wait, maybe it's Trey Lance, and now I'm kind of like, no, 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 it's Mac Jones. So I think that's what this process does. And there's just so much time to go through everything, you know. Yeah, and. It's just like when a team falls in love with someone like, you know, it seems like the 49ers have with Mac Jones. We just sort of lock into it. Uh, boy, you know that Bama program uh, better than most, and, and, and it, you, you've watched them closely. I mean, do you – what is your feeling? Like if you – these five quarterbacks, if you had to say – let's say Trevor, let's throw him out and say Trevor's the most lock pick because he's going to go number one overall. Mm-hmm. And he's, you know, he's one of the greatest prospects apparently in the last twenty years of the next four. I mean, well, it's like uh, Mac. Let me, let me yeah. stop right there because I think that's one thing that's kind of fascinating too. Is um, I came into this process thinking that was true that Trevor's one of the best prospects in the last twenty years, and I haven't quite gotten that from the people that I trust who've done everything on him. You know, like yes, he's going number one, and I don't at all want to make it seem like he's not going number one, but. This is not Andrew Luck is a common refrain. Like, I think there's going to have to be some, you know, sort of even-keeledness about evaluating Trevor Lawrence because, you know, he may not be the generational prospect that many people thought, even though he's very good. Yeah, that's fascinating. Uh, And uh, with that hair, too. I thought you had a tweet earlier today. Were you you commenting on uh, another player's hair? Was that the – was that does Zach yeah. Wilson have some nice hair as yeah. well? Okay. He, does, he certainly does. Um, I mean, really great hair. You know, I think part of the problem is that Pelissero, my colleague, called him, you know, said he looks like he's in a boy band, which I think is, <laughs> which I think is a compliment, but honestly, who knows? Um, and I was mentioning that, yeah, I mean, his, you know, it's, it's really interesting because, you know, he really does, uh, he really does have a fantastic head of hair. And I think Sam Darnold had great hair. Josh McCown, he was the backup. He also had great hair. Didn't have a lot of success, though. I thought Herbert has, like, the, maybe the best because the, the long hair is a little bit freaky. It's a little bit uh, Woodstockish uh, that Lawrence has. I thought Herbert's probably, and I called this before he was drafted, before he became a great player for the Chargers. I thought that was wonderful. And I wish you could see me right now. I've kind of grown my hair out a little bit. Talking to uh, no, I'm glad uh, Ian Rand. <laughs> I'd like to – I'm going to just text you a little selfie of it. Uh, I think you'll enjoy that. Ian Rappaport, uh, 
at Rap Sheet. You can follow him on Twitter. And the man just he stepped off a TV set just to spend a few moments with the Matt Mosley Show with Stephen Simcox on ESP in Central Texas. Are you buying any of this love affair with the uh, Florida tight end, with Pitts and, and Jerry Jones? I mean, we you spent time in Dallas. Um, uh, we both spent a lot of time around that team. He, he's really being public with this. Now the Cowboys are posting, like, virtual <laughs> visits. Oh, here's Jerry talking to talking to the Florida tight end, and, and it's almost a little too public. And so when you think of the Cowboys right there at 10, first of all, is there any way the tight end drops that far? And and, no. and what's your gut telling you about what the Cowboys are thinking there? Yeah, I mean, to me, I don't think he dropped that far. Uh, actually, not even close if I had to guess. Yeah, I mean, the Cowboys, Cowboys love them. Uh, a lot of people love them. A lot of people love them. Um you know, I would say it's not surprising to me the Cowboys think he's great. Everybody thinks he's great. If Trevor Lawrence didn't exist, he would, you know, probably for a lot of people, be the number one prospect regardless of position. I don't really know why. I'm not trying to disparage anyone, but I don't really know why this became a story. I mean, everybody loves him. So, like, the fact that Jerry loves him, like, yeah. okay, well, so does everybody else. You know, it's like source. Team loves top prospects. Like, well, yeah, that's literally why they're the top prospects. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a fair point, and, and I have known folks to uh, to tweet out things that they think will fire folks up and 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 maybe even cause a lot of debate and and uh, create some television. Okay, I've heard rumors of people doing that. It is the Rapaport. Yeah, I, I've I've heard the same. Go ahead. <laughs> At rap sheet. You can follow him and see all his draft coverage. Okay, who is the um, – if you – you're X Factor. We always love to see – I was there the year Rodgers started falling. and I mean, you know, they took him out of the green room. You remember Gino? Gino started falling. falling. They had to get him up to the, the president – you know, the, uh, the the commissioner's box, get him out of there. This, this is a, another kind of virtual type thing that's happening, Cleveland, all that kind of stuff. Wh- who, in your mind, is that – huge X factor that could drop, you know, 15 spots lower than we think, or could go top five. Is it Fields, or is there somebody else that you're thinking could be that that kind of name that shocks us by how far he drops? I would say it's Trey Lance. Um, and I don't know mm. that he's going to drop. I mean, he could go mm. three, could go four. But if it's not three or four, then I think – Four, five, six, I'll probably pick. Seven, maybe someone comes up for Fields. And then it's like, when do we start talking about someone coming up for Trey Lance? When? Um, Because that's what I think it's going to be. I mean, if he falls, someone's going to come up for him. I'm just, I don't know who. Um, And I think that's going to be really interesting to see. If he falls, where does he fall to? And where does somebody leap up to and take him? Well, that's that's fascinating to me. Because would you say Trey Lance, I... Seems like people have compared him to Dak a little bit. High, high character guy. Um, it's it's hard to know. You know, some of that competition he's had hasn't been great. I think in the one game they basically played for him this year, he was like fifty percent completion rate. Looked a little tight. All that kind of stuff. Is this it, 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 this may be? I guess he and Zach uh, are both guys that we just don't quite is while they're intriguing. I, I don't. I mean, 
Like, it's hard to say, okay, Wilson is going to be a hit. And part of that is because where we think he's going. That plays a big role in it. But is that fair? I'm going different directions here. But is Lance, you think that's a Dak-type comparison? Is that a good comparison? What are you hearing on him as far as who people sort of compare him to? I think it's kind of unfair to Dak, honestly. I mean, Dak Prescott played at Mississippi State, did not have the best talent around him, played the hardest schedule in the country in the best football conference in the country, led his team to a number one ranking in Mississippi State, and probably played the quarterback position as well as anyone has in the SEC in some time. Again, with a team that was not the most talented. Now, he still went in the fourth round, and obviously everybody was, I could think we could say, extremely dead wrong on that. Yeah. Um, that I mean, if you look back, like, he had as good a resume as anyone. Longtime starter, very high character, took his team to great heights against the best conference in football. And I don't know what the hell everybody felt was wrong with him, but uh, with Trey Lance, it's, it's much more of a projection. Bad competition, extremely talented, um, and it played one game this year and didn't play well. Now, some people believe he's a multi-year pro bowler, but if you do, that's a projection. Um, so I don't know. I mean, it's, you know, I have no earthly idea what Trey Lance is going to be as a pro, and neither does anybody else. Um, but that's definitely the biggest boomer bust in the draft. All right. Uh, I, I'm glad you said that about Dak. You really put me in my place. I do remember, by the way, a certain ESPN analyst, just Dak. Dak's not going to make it. Dak's not going to make it. And you know what's funny is years later when they do make it, those people that have those opinions, they, they sort of – you never hear those again, you know, but... Uh, of course not. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and uh, I, I remember thinking that I thought Dak was going to be a really, really good pro. And, you know, and I knew him a little bit when he was in Mississippi State, and we talked to the senior bowl, and we sort of stayed in touch. But I thought I was crazy. Because I'm like, I must be just biased because I like this guy, but I think he's really good. And, of yeah. course, I'm the genius and everyone else is wrong, so let's always remember that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, Paxton Lynch, by the way, the Cowboys wanted before him. I mean, they, they had other people in mind, and then he falls to them in the fourth round, and, of course, now they, somehow they look like geniuses. That's the late Wade Wilson, by the way. That's who we give, that's who we give the most credit on Dak, is a man who went, spent a ton of time with him, and then really, really, he was quarterback's coach for the Cowboys, as you recall, and advocated for him like crazy. So the late, great Wade Wilson we give him some credit. All right, last thing there I have you for you, uh, Patriots. I mean, you're always kind of man. That's I mean, there's a lot of teams you know really well, but I always am like, what's Rappaport saying about the Patriots? Now they're kind of lurking, doing some interesting things. That was an interesting uh, free agency because they kind of went crazy, went on a little spending spree, and yep. er, we're, we have a tendency to go everything they do. Well, that's genius. That's good, but even even people kind of doubted them a little bit. Like, what in the world are they up to? What do you see them doing in this first round? And and do you think they're they're in in that mode of trying to get up there and find them a quarterback? Um, I was intrigued by the uh, by the spending. I don't know necessarily know that it was bad. I just know that when you when you have some talent deficiencies, you sort of you know have to you have to spend, and I think that's okay. Um, you know, I'll be, I, I do think they're investigating all the quarterbacks. Um, I do think that, um, you know, they are a potential team to trade up 
I'm just really curious, like, can they, can the right guy fall to them? Like, will it actually happen? And we'll see. Um, but I know that's a team that's certainly looking into it. All right. All right. Well, listen, I appreciate it. I, I always love the text from you when you say, Mosley, are you being serious? Like, occasionally I've been known to make you some jokes one. on Twitter. You had one where everyone <laughs> talk, thought you were serious. What was it? What was it when last, everyone thought last, you were serious? Last draft day, like Bleacher Report and all these people who uh, aggregate stuff, you know, they, they picked up on one. I, I said something about Jerry Jones. I just said, yeah, I said Jerry has asked the scouts. I thought it was an obvious joke, but people took it as totally serious. I said, Jerry Jones has asked the scouts, the scouting department, for the Cowboys not to bother him this evening or something to leave him alone. And what, I mean, it was worded better than that. I, 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 the people that know me, I think, totally got it. But, yeah, like services, like everybody ran with it. And suddenly it's on SI and all these sites. I'm sure you kept it off the NFL network because you know me. But, uh, uh, yeah, but sometimes, like, I think it even involved Matt Rule. I said he's on a plane to Cabo or Mexico. Jerry Jones has asked his scouting department not to disturb him during tonight's draft. (laughs) 4,000 retweets. What is wrong with you? How many likes did that get, sir? I mean, I don't like to to look at things like that. Did that get a few likes? (laughs) I don't. I really don't. 16,000. Oh, 16,000 likes. Okay. I guess that's that's like a typical one for me. We'll see. I've got a couple yeah. of jokes up my sleeve for this draft. Um, listen, always fun to catch up with you, all right? And uh, if we can help you uh, locally in Central Texas, Dallas, let us know, okay? If Slater ever fails you, you know Mosley's yep. here. Hey, I'm just glad you're alive, man. Let's just, let's just celebrate that, all right? All right, celebrate life. There he goes. Uh, Ian, thank you, buddy. Good talking to you. Ian Rappaport, the rap, at Rap Sheet. You see him on the NFL Network, and this year, last year was kind of a weird. The NFL Network and ESPN had to uh, had to combine on some coverage, and this year he'll be back in the saddle, leading the uh, news breaking coverage for NFL Network. And uh, Stephen, I that was interesting. There was one point in that conversation. Now, what he said that he's getting ready on draft night to know if somebody lied to him about a certain player is that is that the what you got like he some player that he thinks might go like really high yeah he he's basically said imp- there's a team that everybody thinks is going to trade up and i guess mm. they're trading up for a certain mm. player and this team mm. is telling him we don't like that guy oh everybody's saying okay you're going to go up and i think he's a little so he's iffy on Trey Lance. Trey Lance has become an interesting. We gotta we gotta delve into that thing a little more on Trey Lance. Golly, man, that's that's good. The only thing I meant to get to, Stephen, let's get him back on real quick. Um, look, I, I that this Dolphins thing interests me. Are they back up at six now? They traded all around, then they went back to twelve, and I think they're back up at six. And there's some thought that they might move again. I mean, that, isn't that fascinating, Stephen? They went from, didn't they go from like twelve to six to? So they're at six now, and they and there's thought that they might be ready to move again. Does that sound accurate to you, Stephen? Does that sound? Is that what your people are saying to you out in McGregor? <laughs> yeah, the McGregor folks always down for some Dolphins talk. No, Miami's in a really interesting spot. You're right, and they could move back. 
And, you know, they're going to roll with Tua. He had sort of a up-and-down rookie year. He was coming off the injury, you know, COVID. Um, he didn't have the offseason. But they have a lot of assets, Matt, and they were in the mix in the AFC East. Brian Flores got that defense going. If they could add a few weapons to that offense or – I mean, they say they're totally sold. I, I don't see them taking a quarterback, but they are in that area where they could trade back for more picks if a team was in love with a QB. Say, you know, Fields and Jones and Wilson and Lawrence are all off the board by six. If somebody says, oh, we got to go get Trey Lance right now, maybe that's a team that could inherit some more picks and, and try to keep building that that roster. Yeah, that, that's – you're right. You're right. Just keep accumulating all those picks. I'm curious, Stephen, if I could tell Cowboys fans that are out there and uh, we need to we need to take a break. We got to take a break. We've been we've just been today. We just went boom, boom, boom. Baylor tennis coach. It's like Ian a podcast. Rappaport, NFL Network. I mean, we we got to listen, Stephen. We got to pay for this show. We got to I mean, this is a very, very expensive show. Very high salaries on this show. We've got to pay for this. What we'll do, though, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to give you some scenarios to Cowboys fans, and we'll kind of dig into what he said. Did you hear that little poke at Schefter? A little poke. A little poke on that Kyle Pitts story, Stephen. That was, a, that was a little, you know, information jockeys is what uh, Stretch would call them. That's a little poke at old Shefty. Matt, can I, can I throw out a potential joke? I, I, I like this idea of the Mosley draft night joke. Let, <laughs> let me throw out a potential one for, for this year, and, and you can use it or you can just throw it in the trash. Okay, what's up? What do you got? Steven Jones and Will McClay have told Jerry Jones the war room is on the yacht again this year. <laughs> just to kind of get him out of the way or whatever? Just to get him out of the way, yeah. I kind of like it. There's two for. There's a, there's a few too many names in that one. I like I like a quick boom boom boom. I like to hit, it, but I do kind of like it. I like where you're going with that. I don't know if I really want to become the guy who misleads all these news services every year. At some point, people are like, it's just Mosley. I don't know. It's worked for the barstool guys pretty well. Did you, did you like that? Uh, did you like that he found that tweet somehow, like while we were on the air? He just and he must have he searched went back it. Found one of my old tweets. I you got to teach me how to search tweets sometime. I'd like to know how to do that. That was good. Um, okay, Devontae Smith. Man, there's so much stuff to talk about. All right, we're gonna come back. We'll revisit a few things we talked about, and then I have a scenario. I want to know if if Cowboys fans would be okay with the following scenario at number ten. All right, and I've got there's some movement with this pick. And Stephen, at some point as we get closer to the draft, Dr. Draft will visit us. I feel like for some reason, Dr. Brackets did not really show up this year. Maybe because Stephen, it had something to do with you being out during some very crucial times for Dr. Draft. Uh, I, I think Dr. I think the, I think Dr. Draft may stop by. All right, I'm just hearing rumors. Um, all right, we will uh, talk NFL Draft. We'll do it next. This weather update is brought to you by the Nitsche Group. Since 1949, Texans have secured their insurance needs through the Nitsche Group. Learn more at thenitschegroup.com. 
This is a Fox 44 weather update. I'm Chief Meteorologist Michael Point. Mostly cloudy skies tonight with areas of fog and drizzle developing. Low temperatures fall to 61 degrees. It'll be mostly cloudy tomorrow with a 90% chance of showers and thunderstorms. And some of these may be strong to severe with large hail and damaging winds. Highs top out at 76. Join me every weeknight during Fox 44 News at 536 and 9. For your forecast first, plus check out fox44news.com for any changes in the weather. The annual Green and Gold football game is set for noon on Saturday, and you can catch all the action here on ESPN Central Texas. Our coverage begins with the tailgate show Saturday morning at 11 a.m. Hi, this is Tom Barfield. Join Garrett Ross, Q, and me as we get you ready for Baylor football. Our tailgate show is brought to you in part by Myatt Fuels and TFNB, your bank for life. It's the Baylor Green and Gold football game on your flagship station for Baylor football, ESPN Central Texas. Hey, have you thought about buying your first home and weren't sure where to start or if you qualify? Well, it's Matt Mosley from the Matt Mosley Show with Stephen Simcox. Neighborworks Waco has been assisting Central Texans in the home buying process for the past 27 years, and they are ready to assist you. Not enough money for down payment or low credit score? Neighborworks Waco has programs that help you improve your credit score, and they help you get the best loan with the least out-of-pocket expense. Plus, to make sure you know what to look for, in selecting that perfect home for you and your family, call 254-752-1647 or visit the website at nw-waco.org to get started. NeighborWorks Waco is currently operating with social distancing protocol in place so that you can access our programs knowing your safety is their highest priority. NeighborWorks Waco is your trusted source for home ownership the right way. In the market for a new metal roof? Since 1943, Pioneer Steel and Pipe has helped Central Texas residential and commercial customers with metal roofs that are impact, fire, and windstorm resistant and will lower your insurance considerably. Your roof will be figured correctly, and they offer a wide variety of panels and colors to make sure it looks sharp. Everyone wants to protect their hard-earned assets from harsh Texas weather, and a metal roof is the best way to protect your home. Pioneer Steel and Pipe, with locations in Waco and Bryan, and at PioneerBoys.com. Okay, so what's the most important part about your house? Nope, it's not that bar or even the man cave. Think about it. The most important thing is your roof. It has to withstand all that Mother Nature can throw your way. So it makes sense to have the best. McAdams & Sons Roofing is your first choice when it comes to protecting your valuable asset. Experienced professionals using only the best materials. So for new construction, re-roofs, repairs, or remodels for composition and metal roofs, think McAdams & Sons Roofing first. And now McAdams & Sons Roofing are installing seamless gutters. They're insured and an A-plus rating on the BBB. McAdams & Sons Roofing will come out, take a look at your roof, and handle all the insurance process for you. Don't let any fly-by-night company look at your roof. Let a real professional you trust do the work for you. Put McAdams & Sons over 40 years of experience to go to work for you all over Central Texas. Check them out online at mcadamsroofing.com or give them a call at 254-799-2949 because you don't want a kid with your house's lid. Ram Truck Month is back at Cameron Autoplex in Cameron, Texas. Everyone knows Cameron Autoplex is your Central Texas truck authority and the deals don't get any better than during Ram Truck Month. During this event, qualified buyers get 0% for 84-month financing on any new Ram 1500 Crew Cab Lone Star. And if you need a heavy-duty Ram to get the job done, we've got that too. 
This is a limited time event, so hurry into Cameron Auto Plex. There's a reason why people say it's always friendlier and cheaper in Cameron. Southwest Sports Medicine and Orthopedics, the team physicians of Baylor Athletics. Our doctors specialize in the diagnosis and treatment of any and all sports-related injuries. Celebrating over a decade of service to Central Texas, our doctors are equipped to handle a wide range of issues. Whether it's your foot or ankle, your hand or wrist, knee and shoulder pain, or you're in need of our arthritis and total joint clinic, trust the doctors that Baylor trusts. Southwest Sports Medicine and Orthopedics, our goal is to get you back in the game. ESPN Radio Sports Center. I'm Ward Watch with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Center update brought to you by Slovakic Sausage and West. Last night, Garcia hit a go ahead three run homer in the eighth inning, and Texas rallied from a late two run deficit for a 7 4 win over the Los Angeles Angels. Rangers have the day off before starting a series in Chicago tomorrow with the White Sox. Astros lost their ninth out of 10 games last night in the snow in Colorado. The Rockies beat the Astros 6 3. Astros start a home series with the Angels tonight. First pitch, 7-10. The Southwestern Athletic Conference is moving its championship football game from a neutral site. The league announced today that the May 1st game will be between Alabama A&M and Arkansas Pine Bluff will now be played at Veterans Memorial Stadium in Jackson, Mississippi. It was initially scheduled to be played on the campus of the highest-ranked team. Sports Center every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. with you today and uh we uh we are uh, excited ah huh. i mean we had to take a quick breath we just started the show strong baylor men's tennis coach michael woodson he's got this thing rolling take that interim tag off let's just make him uh, come on let's do it this afternoon i'll come up there we'll have a little ceremony steven do when you you always talk about taking the interim tag off it like on his whatever he wears to tournaments Will, like, at the championship, uh, the Big 12 championships coming up Sunday, will there be, like, an interim tag on his shirt? Do they, does, is actually a, is there a tag that says interim that he has to wear around? You think he's got, like, a like a quarterback jersey in practice, like a red jersey? He's interim. Um, uh, Michael Woodson. <laughs> the other coaches are talking, they're like, well, thank God we won't have to worry about him next year. They're <laughs> like, man. This guy's good. I hope whoever they hire permanently is not as good as this guy. Think about who the full-time coach is going to be. Jeez. Who are they bringing in? Rod Laver? Some tennis coach. Dan Smith? Vitas Garolitis? 
Who are they hiring? Yvonne Lindell? All right. Good good tennis humor. <laughs> good we tennis really, jokes. Oh, man. People at McGregor brought, love some good tennis jokes. Brought to you by Central National Bank. They love it when we do some tennis jokes. Uh, I love this team, though. That's Soto. They call him Matty. And then they got Connie. They got Constantine. And then who do you say, Steven? I like that that Finn guy. Who's that guy? Something, something Finn. I like. I mean, this team is really something. I think right now my favorite teams: the national champion Baylor Bears. Okay, then the women's golf team. That's kind of my new favorite team, uh, Gerline Core, and then Hannah. Uh, how do you say Hannah's last name? Karg. Hannah Karg. Hannah did not have was not her usual self this tournament. Boy, she'll bounce back. She, you cannot keep Hannah Karg down. She's big time. Lodi Chapolet. Love that team. And then I like this. I'm going to really jump on this men's tennis bandwagon. And then I like what Scrivano does with the women's tennis program. That's a good program over there. All right, Stephen, is there anything I haven't named? Baseball. We've got, uh, we got, um, the, and he was, I think he was on with the Touchdown Tommy and Garrett yesterday. Uh, Rod, the great Rodrigo joins us tomorrow all right we'll probably have that about 140 tomorrow uh game day people say well coaches don't do game day interviews they do with us okay it's the mosley and simcox show we don't we don't really we don't play by rules they say hey if you need us we'll be there for you all right steven um what else do we have oh this nfl thing we just had the information man ian rapaport the uh comes from uh rap sheet and we've known each other forever. I remember, I remember Stephen one night staying up late. We were just all around um, the combine in Indy, and Todd Haley had just become the head coach of the Chiefs, and he was a good friend of mine from that that Parcell staff. And there's this guy Stephen that wouldn't like he just wouldn't leave us alone. The two of us were kind of trying to, um, you know, just trying to catch up and visit about this new coach this new this new thing and Todd and I Todd's a volatile coach I was a volatile young personality and we'd kind of gone at it but through it all we'd become pretty good friends and and we're trying to visit and this one kind of shorter guy okay he would have been kind of the Russell Wilson of NFL media uh he and he was not Thomas Russell Wilson he kept showing up he's trying to bring uh Haley drinks and all this kind of stuff and I like golly who is this guy? Who is this guy who keeps showing up? And, Stephen, that was Ian Rappaport. That was the man who would become at Rap Sheet. And uh, he's become one of the great information men in the NFL. He shared a lot of interesting things with us. I, here's what I kind of read in between the lines. He broke news yesterday on Justin Fields having epilepsy and all the teams knowing about it. It's really tricky to break in, uh, medical information. Sometimes people don't want that out there, but it probably had become a big enough story if all the teams knew about this. What do you say about it? What does it mean? What does it mean to have a neurological disorder? Uh, Steven shared some really interesting information, stuff he's dealt with with some, uh, some things in his past that he's kind of outgrown over. And, and they say, Stephen, that, that Justin Fields will outgrow this epilepsy. It does not sound like... And then, and then the reporting was like, well, he may have already outgrown it. Stephen, it's, I would say it's concerning while not – I mean, I don't think it will keep him from getting drafted in the first round, but when you take it into everything floating around there, 
I would say Justin Fields has become kind of a a polarizing figure in this draft is the way I would put that. Now, the other thing that we got from uh, Ian that I thought was when I when I asked the question, Stephen, who's going to be that guy who possibly comes falling down the draft who ends up in the green room for too long, if there is such a thing as a green room? I do think I do think uh, that they're going to Cleveland with our uh, our man. Uh, who they're sitting, they're sitting, I think Wilson said he's going to be at the draft. Okay, so he'll be there. But the name, Stephen, that came up as the most sort of uh, boomer bust type guy as far as like could he go high, could he start falling, is Trey Lance out of North Dakota State. And I thought that was interesting. He didn't think that was a fair comparison to Dak. He thought Dak coming out was – had accomplished much more than Trey Lance had. But with the desperation for NFL quarterbacks, Trey Lance, we believe, will be a top-10 pick. Steven, if a, if a quarterback is to drop into, like, 15 to 20 range or 20 to 25 range, it sounds like it is now Trey Lance. That This is the kid. Steven, if we're going to do some homework and do some quarterback talk for tomorrow, I kind of want to dig in on Trey Lance. I like that idea, and it is it is intriguing. You know, he talked about Dak being in the SEC and playing at a high level at Mississippi State, which is not traditionally a school that's loaded with talent in comparison to some of the other teams in that division, like Alabama and Auburn and LSU. And Trey Lance, he's an intriguing prospect because he didn't opt out last year, but North Dakota State didn't play. They had one sort of spotlight game for him against Central Arkansas, and he didn't play particularly well. So he's really only got one year of starting at the FCS level. I also wonder, Matt, how much the Carson Wentz kind of downfall has now played into his assessment because Wentz was highly regarded coming out of college, um, and there weren't many questions. I mean, North Dakota State is the Alabama of of that division of football. They're fantastic. They're stacked. Um, It's probably the closest you're going to get to – an FBS program in the FCS. They actually have gone on the road before and beaten teams like K-State and other schools that are at that level. But I wonder if his um, kind of downfall last few years plays into that evaluation at all. And then just the unknown of Lance not playing, because I remember when they were doing like the way too early 2021 mocks, Lance was actually right behind Trevor Lawrence. And it, it seemed like maybe he could work his way in that, echelon with Lawrence and Fields but now Zach Wilson has made a push Mac Jones has suddenly started climbing up boards Fields and Lance are kind of the guys on the outside looking in as far as who could draft who could drop and I'll tell you one team that when you said the the 15 to 20 range one thing that stood out to me sitting there at 15 is the New England Patriots is, is Trey Lance someone they go get because they have Cam Newton there Belichick is obviously you know not opposed to taking guys um, from from smaller level schools, could could they develop him into a really good starting quarterback while they have a, a bridge guy there at the moment? Yeah, I mean that's fascinating. Could they could they kind of put the could they let the you know I, I read something interesting that goes to your point earlier today, Stephen, about Mahomes when he was coming out uh, in in the draft, and and it was something kind of similar to what you were saying. He he was kind of he was making bad decisions. He threw some interceptions. People, he wasn't what we know him as now. And it was really good that he had that one year 
was that Alex Smith, Stephen, that he that they had yes, there? Yes, he sat behind. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, that's a good point. That's a good point. It's an interesting point. And by the way, you said that they're the Alabama of FCS. I got Mary Harden Baylor as the Alabama of D three. Do you think that's fair? That's right. Yeah, that's fair. All right. I was doing some research on our Kaufman kid. Is he so? Is he back for the fall season, Stephen? This kid who's been unbelievable has the school record for interceptions. The safety. Yes, is that, is, Jefferson Fritz. He's coming back next year. Mm-hmm. All right. I got. I'm do, I did some. I was doing some research on the young Fritz. Let's get him on soon. Okay, the great Jefferson Fritz from Kaufman, Texas. I mean, Kaufman has produced. Think about this. Uh, John Hooper, Hurley Miller. Those were ACU greats. Peely Jones went out to Tech. Uh, Sean Wren, I think, went to Houston. Uh, where did where did Ronnie Trammell go? No, maybe Ronnie went to Tech. All right. Over the years, though, and Stephen, I mean, some great ones. So Fritz, and then uh, the kid playing for uh, Baylor baseball now. That that uh, Cade Currington. Cade Currington, yeah. Yeah, Matt Mosley. No, no, I don't think that was a big one. No jerseys hung there. Uh, okay. It Just is a microphone. For the J- they, they've raised a banner of a microphone. Really weird, but I, I loved it. Um, we have uh, the voice of the bear. Someday he'll have a banner. Someday he'll have a banner. Doesn't Frank have a banner in the Ferrell Center? I think he does. He does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. J-Mo, raise that banner. Uh, the, the J-Mo show is next. We will see you tomorrow. It's been a good one. Thanks to Stephen Simcox, as always, and uh, thanks to everybody who's been a part of this one. Thanks to you for listening to us. Thank you, Central National Bank, best commercial bank in the state of Texas. J-Mo next.